Okay. <laughs> and yes, I am here on the wrong date, but um, I have an explanation for that. So today is another um, live and podcast on the Bible said what? And I promise um, whoever is listening to the podcast that I will come up with a catchy beginning because I always imagine that happening. Um, so we're going to be going into the eighth chapter of Genesis today. I am an, a day late uh, with this one. And the reason why is because uh, I had Bible quizzing last night for my daughter and then um, choir practice. And they actually ran one after uh, one, one after another, um, which which it was a long day. So I am, and then today, um, I didn't want you guys to wait an extra week. So I just didn't see where that was necessary to wait an extra week. So I was like, okay, I'll just do it on Tuesday and explain it when I go live. My lips are really chapped and I think it's because we're having um, major weather changes, but yeah, so that's what I, I thought it would be better to just go into it Tuesday and then I'll be back again on Mondays next Monday. And then if you're listening to the podcast, the podcast was still updated Monday night, so you're not really missing out on anything, I guess, for this week. So let's go into Genesis chapter 8. This one is a very simple chapter. Um, and we learn, you know, we learn a couple of things in this chapter, uh, specifically with food. I think it's really interesting. Um, oh no, actually, I think that's the next chapter. Um, yeah, so let's just get into it because this is just about how Noah kind of found out like when it was time to get out of the ark, we find out how long they were in the ark, which was a very long time I couldn't imagine so let's just get into it so Genesis 8 and you guys already know that I follow the King's James version because I'm a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and I want to make reading difficult (laughs) but if you are following along you can follow along with any um, version of the Bible and I'm glad I said it correctly today because I usually say virgin (laughs) okay Um, so let's go ahead and get into it Genesis 8 and remember we are on the part where they're in the boat they're literally in the boat they're chilling not really because it probably stinks with all those animals in there Um, we did go over the specifics of what animals were accepted what animals weren't Um, so now we're just We're kind of in Noah's waiting period. Like, when is it time to get out? Is everyone dead? (laughs) Oh, and remember last week, um, we went over uh, all of the fish in the water. There was no fish that was gotten rid of, which I thought was really interesting. So, um, and that's where I was like, those deep, dark sea creatures that look super scary. They probably look super scary because they ate everything. Like they ate all the disgusting animals, they ate all the humans. So anyways, that's just, you know, if anyone ever reads the Bible, you're gonna, you'll know that it's so big 
that there are so many stories that are probably just left out and then there are so many details that are left out in timing because God really just wants us to get the gist of the stories and learn from you know these people and he wants to speak to us through these stories so Genesis chapter 8 verse 1 and God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged and I can't even remember what that meant I did look it up um, I can look it up now I can't remember what that meant and I <laughs> I think I was a little hesitant because I don't want to say it wrong and I probably still did um dissipated that's another word for dissipated okay all right and then <laughs> it's just you know when you've worked on profanity for so long you don't want to start cussing <laughs> um the fountains also of the deep this is second verse the fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained and the waters returned from the earth continually and after the end of the hundred and hundred and fifty days the waters were abated so it means that the water ceased okay and they were kind of lowering and a hundred and fifty days that's a long time that's a long long time to be in an ark with one window and your family and a whole bunch of animals and I don't know about anyone else but that would literally drive me crazy I don't know how they did it okay and the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat and I probably said it wrong but it's A-R-A-R-A-T okay um, so they were in there for seven months and remember I think it took them I can't remember how long it took them to build the ark, but like this was a lifelong commitment. So um, if, if you're ever confused about how God works, lifelong relationship, there you go. And the waters decrease continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains, uh, were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of, 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made and he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth um, and so they are still in there 10 months later and now that they can see the tip tops of the mountain it is time for them to see if it's time to come out of the ark dry land see if there's anywhere that they can pretty much settle so verse 8 says also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground but the dove found no rest for the sole of her feet and she returned unto him into the ark for the waters were on the face of the whole earth then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her into him into the ark unto him into the ark so I, I mean imagine you're in this thing for 10 months you already sent out a raven the raven didn't do anything 
And so you send forth a dove and they still can't find dry land. That's a long time and I still have not, and I don't think it's for me to figure out right now, but it still baffles me because I still have not figured out how none of the animals ate each other and none of the bugs ate each other and none of the animals ate the bugs. Like they were in there for a long time. And then I'm wondering like, well, okay, did everyone feed on plants? Because some of the animals are carnivores. So how was it that they were just able to, it, I don't know. I just think it's a long time, especially for the animals. Like humans can survive on veg fruits and vegetables, but like animals eat each other. Like that's how it's, and then like the bathroom situation baffles me a little bit. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Maybe they were fishing for the animals. That's probably a possibility. But they only had one window, so I'm not exactly sure about that either. Okay, so let's go to verse 10. So, he put forth a raven, nothing happened. He put forth a dove, nothing happened. And let's go to verse 10. And he stayed yet... And he stayed yet other seven days, which was weird the way that it was written, so I'll reread it. And he stayed yet other seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So no one knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And I'm going to stop right there. And it must have been exciting for the bird to come back, and there was something in her mouth. Not only that, but like, I don't think we give animals enough credit in, um, enough credit in knowing that everything evolves around God because how did he the birds know I mean he could have chose any birds you know but he chose a raven and then he chose the doves how do they know to like go out and come back and let him know like look we're good to go we're not good to go like y'all can get out y'all can't get out like animals are very smart so I, I like that he was able to use that because he couldn't go see it himself and you know that that's nothing but God and so we're at number 12 and he stayed yet other seven days and sent forth the dove which returned not again unto him anymore so remember the first dove returned the first raven well i can't even really re remember what happened to the first raven but the first dove returned to him okay okay yeah no i remember now the first raven came back then the dove came back then the dove went out and came back with something in his mouth and then the dove went out again and didn't come back so if it's not coming back it must be good so let's read let's move forward and we're on number 13 uh oh and it came to pass in the 600th and first year in the first month the first day of the month the waters were dried up from the earth and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked and behold the face of the ground was dry so I think Noah was 600 years old when the ark was completed and so they were in there for a year and 600 uh, yeah a year and now they're finally seeing dry land. So that means, remember, I think it rained for like 40 days and 
40 nights or something like that and then they had to wait for the water to lower so it took longer it took longer for them to be able to get out so that's you know uh here we go 14 sorry i was getting tongue-tied there so now they finally see dry land it's like land ho <laughs> okay my bad my bad Lee. let's go to 14. and in the second month on the seventh and 20th day of the month was the earth dried that's a long time so they saw dry land but finally the second month um, on the 27th day right before February ended <laughs> they the, the the earth was dry and God spake unto Noah saying and this is number 16 now go forth of the ark thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons wives with thee bring forth the every living thing that is with thee of all flesh both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth okay so he's like you guys it is time I did what I had to do I got rid of everything that was just destructive you guys did a good job it's time to get out and go forth and multiply and be happy and number 18 says and Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him because remember Noah had his self his wife his three sons and you know the three in-laws and number 19 says every beast every creeping thing and every fell and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark oh you know the animals couldn't wait I mean you guys are just all in this ark one window I don't know what they're doing with the poop and pee okay <laughs> we don't know what we're eating and now it's finally time to get out I'm sure these animals rushed out like it's time to go okay and then now we're on number 20 and Noah builded an altar unto the Lord look at this the first thing Noah does is he gets ready to give God glory he builds an altar you know when you are in a place where you need to be delivered and then you are finally delivered that is the first thing you should do is thank God for the deliverance especially if there was a long waiting period they waited a long time in this ark. I mean, a year, I would not want to be in a boat for a year with one window and a whole bunch of animals and my family. And family, if you're watching, I love you. Um, <laughs> so let's move on. And <laughs> number 20, and Noah builded an ark, and it does say builded an ark unto the Lord, and took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now, I thought this part was really interesting because, um, first of all, that's a lot of that's a lot of animals. Um, but second, remember he was able to have seven of, you know, seven of each clean animal, seven of every everything that was clean. He was supposed to have seven of, so seven male and seven female. And then remember the. Um, and then remember the unclean he had two so two male two female um and we learned something about offerings 
with Cain and Abel. Okay, so it's good that he chose the clean ones. We don't want another situation. So he did it right. Okay, and so 21 says, And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. Ah, imagine someone cooking (laughs) and you smell it and it smells so good. I'm imagining that's how God was, especially, and this must have been a long process because he had to build the altar, which um, they don't go over how he built an altar right here but later on in a couple of other stories we learn the um the extent that you have to go through to build an altar so and then uh and then remember now he's doing every clean um not only beast but also um all every clean bird too it doesn't say cattle so it says beasts and birds um like the fowl of the air okay uh i don't know if he did cattle it doesn't say that he could have but yeah so he's taking one of every animal and offering it to god and he's doing his best so number 21 and the lord smelled a sweet savor and the lord said in his heart i will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. This is such a sweet sentiment because it shows how much God loves us because he's like, they're going to mess up. (laughs) They're going to mess up and I will no longer, it must have, you know, because remember when we went over him deciding to destroy the earth, he just, he repented that he had even made man because they were so evil. And to feel sorry that you made a decision and to have regret, like, you know, God makes no mistakes. So it's one of those things where if he felt like he made a mistake and he's perfect and don't get me wrong, he didn't make a mistake. But when you know that you made the right decision and it just still feels like that must have been so bad. So to have this one man live upright and um, and make things right with God, okay? And that's what he did with, with all of the, that's probably why he had so, so many animals to offer unto God because that the offering comes when there was sin, okay? And we learn about that a little bit later too, but for Noah to do this, he helped the rest of us. Like, don't get me wrong, Jesus is our salvation, but it's one of those things where it shows the relationship because we know Jesus is God. And so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Jesus, we knew he was gonna be perfect. But even though Noah wasn't perfect, he showed God like, no mankind can be good and we can love you and it it, for god to just say man thank you noah and to make a promise unto noah it just shows how intimate your relationship can get with god if if you seek god and if you are looking for intimacy god will respect you even seeking him so for noah to do that um, he really did all of us a favor by living a good life or if Noah wasn't living a good life, no one would be here. I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone would be here because God was tired, you know? So it's really beautiful to see 
Noah restore the relationship with humanity with the relationship between humanity and God because that relationship wasn't there. Humanity had turned their backs on God and Noah said, hey, look, I'm still trying and we're not all like this. Majority of us are, but like, we're not all like this and please give us a chance. It, it Just this one verse is so beautiful in so many ways and um, we're already at 21 minutes. So, I mean, if you guys want to go, if you guys want to know what verse I'm talking about, I'm talking about Genesis 8, 21. Just go and look at it and, and just soak in it and just pray over it. I'm sure if you looked at it more than once, God would give you something new every time because it just shows the intimacy that Noah had with God. And when you are intimate and faithful with God and you are looking for true relationship, he respects that and blesses it. And he not only blesses the relationship between you and him, and he not only blesses you, but remember, all of us are here because Noah made the decision to live his life right because God destroyed the earth but didn't destroy Noah. And it, the Bible doesn't say that Noah's sons were living upright. It says Noah was. So even with just one person living upright, it changed lives not only for him and his wife but around him and for the generations following. So don't ever feel like well, I don't know. My mama did it. My grandma did it. And my great grandma. No, you are literally one person and one person can make a change. All of those small businesses out there, like literally I give them major props because you never know how, how one person can make a difference or how you can have the same product and they all look different. And that's how God made us. So never be afraid to do anything and never feel like you're too small because Noah was saved because he was living right. It didn't say his wife was, it didn't say his in-laws were, it didn't say his sons were living upright, it said he was. That means it was just him. And he was able to save him and his family. And God respected him for having a relationship with him and having a true relationship and, and loving on God. I mean, literally he, there's so, many, there's so much blessing with just being one person and then the blessing spread it spread it spread throughout everyone else around him and it secured his family so just never doubt that oh my gosh i'm just one person i can't make this change or no i can't start this business or i i, I can't you know my family they they're just crazy i i can't i can't be opposite of them no you can Literally one person can make a difference. And I think not only, you know, biblical history does that, but like just history period. There, I, I mean, well, we're celebrating Black History Month and you, you guys know the stories and if you don't, look it up, okay? Anyways, let's go over the last verse. Genesis 8:22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease and I will that is the last verse I will end up probably reading that verse again moving into the ninth chapter um, because the ninth chapter is where we find out um, what God promises Noah and different things like that and then Noah's kind of over after well not all the way because his sons kind of did something one of his sons did something disrespectful and I can't wait to get to that part 
but um yeah just what i want you guys to take away from this particular chapter is never doubt what one action can do never doubt what private faithfulness with god can do never doubt the tiny moves that you are making in your life to make it better not just with your relationship with god oh you guys see that box behind me i'll be amazoning it up okay my bad um but not only um you know just everything that you do the small moves when you are trying to make a change in your life or make a difference in your life if you are trying to improve your life do not doubt the small stuff that you are doing you know especially when it's in your relationship with god god rewards faithfulness if you the you know I, one of the videos that i saw the other day was explaining that daniel wasn't saved from the lion's den because he prayed in the lion's den he was saved because he was faithful before he even got there, which makes it so beautiful. So don't doubt the little things that you are doing to help improve your life. If you are saving $5 a day to get that house, honey, keep it up. You gonna get that house. You know, like if you are praying five minutes a day to help your marriage keep praying it may not look like there's making there's any differences it may not look like there's any change happening but trust me the little things do matter and god does pay attention to that remember noah was one man and he restored the relationship between humanity and god god sent jesus to save humanity but in order for that to happen there had to be relationships somewhere and there wasn't except with one man. If you are feeling like I don't like this and I want to see a difference, you're one person, you can make that difference. If you are feeling like I don't like this in my life, you don't even have to make a difference in the world. I don't like this in my life or I don't like this in my family. I don't like our generational curses. I don't like that this is going on or that is going on. One person with one person with a goal can make a difference so just remember those small moves that you're making those little things that you are doing in private they matter when no one else is seeing it god sees it and god sees your efforts and he rewards faithfulness okay so that is the end of chapter eight and i hope you guys have a blessed night and just remember that we are all god's little children and he loves all of us very much have a blessed night bye you guys